On the first day of Christmas, George Lucas gave to me a really shitty prequel movie. Hello everyone, it's that time of the year once again. I'm talking about Christmas, which also happens to be the release date of the new Star Wars movie coming out. And what better way to celebrate than to have 12 days of podcast episodes covering every single Star Wars movie out to date. That's right, we are going to cover the prequels, the original trilogy, the new trilogy, Solo, Rogue One, and yes, even the Star Wars Christmas special. We'll be releasing an episode every day from the 14th till Christmas. And yeah, it's going to be a little bit hectic, but it's something we wanted to do. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoy it. And without further ado, welcome to episode one. Um, oh, I don't want to watch this movie. It's <laughs> the Phantom Menace. Oh, oh, boy, the Phantom Menace. Yeah. When I watched this, I think I was... 10 years old maybe i was the same old same age as the actor portraying anakin skywalker mm. he was 10 yeah he was 10 for real looked, looked like he five bro yeah he <laughs> act like he five canonically yeah. his age is nine um uh-huh. and natalie portman's age is 14 she was 18 Nuh-uh. at the time though she was Nuh-uh. uh she's not 14 Mm, no, no, no. Natty's character, Amidala slash Padme. Yeah, it's a pedal. Yeah, it's it's kind of, it's kind of messed up. <laughs> to it's catch really a predator. Up. Yeah, to catch a predator. It's also, <laughs> by the way, let's let's yeah. let's dive right into that because yeah. she's yeah. an elected official, right? Queen Amidala yes. is a, an elected yes. official in a democracy, which means at some point people voted for a fourteen-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. With apparently no political experience to lead their entire planet. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. And, and it's not like there's other, there's the lack of other people. There's like that, there's at least three old guys there. <laughs> Could do her <laughs> job. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a story, it's fine, but I mean, that could have been written any other way. <laughs> To make it more justifiable than an entire planet electing a fourteen-year-old girl, but whatever. Yeah, and then yeah, and crazy then things have happened. Yeah, and then she has like a, a body double that's Kira Knightley for no reason, and it's a twist, and nobody cares because it has no impact on the plot. <laughs> it does not. Yep. Uh, You're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then, oh my god, like you I forget, mean, yeah. you forget how bad this movie yeah. is yeah mostly like, wait, wait, wait. it was actually to me better than i remembered it being because i remember it being really bad this yeah. is really bad <laughs> Listen, I, I, I i enjoyed this movie when i was a kid and if you're a child that has like no awareness of like i don't know plot construction and cinematics and stuff like that if you just like or just so enamored of Star Wars. This is probably an okay movie. Yeah, okay. No, when, it's definitely when, like, an okay movie from that perspective. When you're a kid and you're like, I want that toy and that toy and that toy. 
and you're like, don't notice how racist all of the aliens are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, they're so racist. The space Chinese aliens. So slash alien. Racist. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, Asian aliens. There we go. Like Jar Jar is like straight up so racist. Yeah, it's and messed up on so many levels. It's kind of it's real, and it's played by a black guy. <laughs> Yeah, that <laughs> really? makes it so much worse too. Yeah. You're like, bro, I'm I'm gonna try my best to be fair here because everybody rags on this film. When when you watched it in 1999, with the technology that was available in 1999, this movie was like, oh my god, everything's amazing. And yeah. you're like, you're like, ten or whatever, nine, eight, probably you know, pretty young. <laughs> You're like uh, just a starry-eyed youngster, and you just want to watch a Star Wars movie, and it's probably a fun movie. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's coherently shot. You can you can follow everything that's happening for the most part. The score is is amazing because John Williams is just oh, a yeah, god. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, Sam's gonna disagree with me, but the sound design is amazing because the ILM team that does mm-hmm. it is just fantastic. Yeah, I'm gonna disagree there <laughs> for <laughs> different reasons, but what yeah. what little practical set they use is amazing. Very little, <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, gosh darn it, everyone's trying their best. Everyone's uh, trying their best. I don't think uh, the screen, the scriptwriters were trying their best. I mean, George Lucas, <laughs> it was George Lucas, yeah, exactly. George, George That's Lucas, exactly wrote, my point. George Root Lucas wrote the first draft in like a week. Um, yep. And it's not like it was all roses and, you know, champagne for him because they, they did, they constructed the film, they did initial shooting, and then they did an initial rough cut and showed it to all the executives. And everyone in the room was like, oh my God, this is fucking awful. Yeah. <laughs> George is like, oh. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Um,. And they went back and did a lot of reshoots and recutting and mm. a lot of editing. But yeah, I don't know. George Lucas is, I'm going to be kind here. He's a very good producer. You know, he's yeah, got lots no, of great I, I ideas. Agree, I agree. Yeah. He's not a good scriptwriter and he's not a good director. And he, he himself really has not. admitted this, which is kind of baffling considering he still took script writing and directing positions for these <laughs> movies. I don't know. I mean, if, if, People remember, and most people probably don't at this point, but the original Star Wars, he only directed the first film, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, were directed by other people, and with a lot of other screenwriters and editors on board for it as well. So it's not like he was writer-director for the original trilogy. People kind of, I suspect, forget that. Yeah, yeah. And if they had gone that route, these films may have turned out differently, but I I don't know how much differently. Uh, There's a lot of background as to why these films look the way they look and oh boy they look so bad they look bad the music is at least good the acting is stiff and terrible because the script is, <laughs> and dialogue is terrible and the directing as well the directing you know, these, are, these are people who know how to act, like um, act. it's so sad because if you look at a lot of these actors like in isolation in separate roles they're incredible they're fantastic yeah. Oh yeah, they're but, absolutely fantastic. But they're just garbage <laughs> here, right? I think it's largely yeah the fault of George Lucas because I don't think he gave them a really good script to work off of. People yeah. in this movie don't talk like normal human beings. No, they don't. They talk like yeah. robots. Yeah, ev- everybody has like the same like flattened, like monotone almost in this film. <sighs> yeah, why? And it was or- it was way more noticeable 
I'm uh-huh. whatever. This is my like probably third or fourth viewing or whatever. But uh, like I used to think it was just Natalie Portman that had that monotone. I think hers is just the most exaggerated. Everyone <laughs> yeah. talks yeah, like no, that. Everybody except, has a monotone. Yeah. Except Jar Jar Pinks. Except Jar Jar. Yes. <laughs> like everybody talks that way. Even like the kid talks that way. Yeah, and, and they're like, it, I feel like they're all holding back. And you know, I think, everyone is like trying to hold back for some reason. Yeah, honestly, I think the reason why was if you look at episode four, uh, you know that ADR with the aunt, the aunt character, they just drop someone else's voice in, and it's like this super flat. It's like jarring because it's like someone else speaking but lip sync to that character not quite well. Mm-hmm. It's a very flat, dead sounding voice. I think when I see this movie and and episode, actually all the prequels. I think what George Lucas did was like he misunderstood why people like Star Wars and he just took like a part of it out and and like mutated it, deformed it, bastardized what Star Wars and then he's like people must like this. So like I think he's like let's let's make everyone's talk dead cuz they love that in the first Star Wars, right? Just put that in there. Not only that, they're like dude, you remember Yoda? He's the alien and he talks weird. Let's throw Jar Jar in there. Kids will love him. We'll sell toys. I'm a freaking genius. <laughs> I think that's what happened. Uh, one of the one of the prime directives with all three of these, with all three of the prequels, was to make as many toys as possible because yeah. that's how Lucas has made most of his money through the years. Uh, I think he's made more on merchandising than he has on anything else. That's all he wanted, right? Was just the you know, that's, merchandise. Yeah, that's, Dude, like, he was yeah. genius. He's they like, wrote this movie's gonna bomb. Yeah. He just wants all the merchandising. Give me the merch. And he made so much money because of that move alone. I think. I ha- we have to consider George Lucas is pretty smart. No, he's definitely, he's definitely <laughs> a smart well, from a, guy. From a business perspective, yeah. I think he's extremely smart. From a movie perspective. From a <laughs> creative perspective? Uh, it's debatable. I, th- yeah. I think he's crea- very creative as well. He just doesn't have a knowledge of natural dialogue or, I don't know, you know, fundamental screenwriting. Probably the core issue with the movie, more than anything else, is mm-hmm. the overall construction of the film. If you sat down and said, who is the main character for this film? You would be wrong, because there is no main character for this film. <laughs> it's the There is no main character. It's midichlorians. Like, who's the main character? <laughs> wrong. No one is what? the main character. Who are midichlorians? It's like, You're like, who are <laughs> Like, okay. Uh. After rewatching it, and after having time to digest it, I actually don't care about midichlorians at all. I don't think it matters. It's oh, just I such think a throwaway. It no, it's, it's definitely a throwaway. Yeah. It's definitely dumb, but it's like of of the issues this film has, that's like that's the least. Yeah, okay, that's at the bottom least, of the totem pole. I agree but, with that. Oh yeah, there's a reason why I need to bring it up. Well, you know what? Let me just do it right now because we're talking about it. just go briefly because we can. There's so many things to go about that if you just skip over it for later, we'll just end up not talking about it. But the reason why I don't like it is freaking. Anakin was conceived by midichlorians, so like midichlorians just formed together in his mother's womb and just like crafted this human being who's all powerful, right? And it's supposed to be the prophecy, the, t- the chosen one. He's space Jesus, dude. <laughs> he is. He is space <laughs> Jesus, but like they don't play <laughs> off of that at all. And like the the thing that I hate is like the Force has a will, so he's like saying, "Oh, the midichlorians talk to us." Mm-hmm. The Force talks to us through the midichlorians, yeah, yeah. and if you quiet your mind, you'll learn its will. So the Force has a will. It has its space god, basically, that's in every one of us, and gives us super space powers if you have more of these midichlorians. And I was just like, that changes everything because of these Jedi 
are basically crazy religious people now that claim that they can talk <laughs> to this being that has a will and that you're supposed to listen to it. So that changes everything then because for me, the, the force was like this mystical power that everyone had the potential to have. And then you can use it for the good or for the bad. It's, it doesn't have a will of its own. It's up to you. So like you, you're responsible for your actions, but then midi chlorines. Yeah. That, yeah. It's like such a paradox because it's like, oh, if the force has a will, then like, why do Sith exist? Why are they, why exactly. can they use the force? Like what? <laughs> the, the, the way the way I the way I move past this is I took it I took it as Dragon Ball canon basically. It's, okay, just, a, it's okay. just a number. It's just a power level, and it has okay. no real correlation with anything no else. Meaning. I think yeah. the, I took it as the midi chlorians are just like some marker that tells you like, oh, this guy's really powerful. Not like they're the source of the force or anything. It's just like, oh, this guy's got this much force points. <sighs> Yeah. Use this level, <laughs> you're like, okay, but that, whatever. They it's never dumb. use it again. That's why yeah. I hate this movie. They I think throw if, you, in there, if you look at it, it as like, oh, how many midichlorians someone has is essentially equivalent to what their force potential is, like how strong they could be. In my head, that makes the most sense. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But it's 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 a whatever moment. The, the yeah, main issues is. are the construction of the film, <laughs> God, the visuals, the cinematography, and God, the the script and and. By transitive property, the performances. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, just just quickly, just going over the cinematography. Uh, there are two moments that are a bit jarring for me. The first one is when they go Sonic and just like Sonic out of the space station down the hallway. That was a they're, little bit jarring. They're force running. They're, they're force like running. Speed, yeah, sure. Speed, yeah. No. <laughs> that's, and that's, then, a, that's uh, a kind of thing. If you played any of the video games, yeah, yeah. Every know, single video game, you have yeah. like force speed run or whatever. It just looks a little funny, but another, another yeah, they moment, never use it again, so it's still yeah. pretty stupid. But yeah, <laughs> another moment that I was talking about was like they're going into the water, they're jumping into the water mm-hmm. to go to uh, the Gungan City. Oh, yeah. I know, I know exactly yeah. the shot you're yeah. talking, <laughs> about. talking about. Yeah, we're just like uh, in the water. All of a sudden, it's just Jar Jar. It's just like bam, just snaps there. You couldn't move the camera up a little bit. You know, you couldn't transition more smoothly, just like, bam! <laughs> and I was just like, oh my god, what happened? Did I teleport? No, Short- the worst yeah. is the shot where they're swimming to the Gungan City right there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the parallax of the camera motion does not match the parallax of the, of the character motion. <sighs> so they're swimming directly away from the lens, whereas the camera is panning, like, diagonal front and up, sort of. So they're swimming directly away from you, and you're led, led to believe that this is their perspective. Except, like, they're sweeping across the ground. So they're kind of, like, diagonally swimming away from the... the <laughs> it's city? like, it gave me, like, a headache looking at it. Yeah, oh, there's so I'm many like, moments oh, like that. oh my god. Which sucks, because I actually thought that the design of the Gungan City was really cool. I thought it was really well done. It's, it's kind of like a style that we had not seen in Star Wars yet. Yeah. You know. Mm. Everything in Star Wars up up until this point has been like a kind of rough, grungy. Um, I don't know if you guys are gonna understand this reference, but most of the most of the sets, most of like the miniatures they built, were using kit bashing. Oh, they just mash kits together from other sets. Yeah, yeah, they took yeah. A, like a bunch okay. of different like uh, model kits, and like they took little pieces of them. Uh, very famously, I think it was ILM that invented what's called the Universal Greebly. Um, it's this little piece that's found in a very specific set that's in very, it, it, essentially every single miniature ever created, because it looks mm. kind of cool. It's called the <laughs> Universal Greebly, and it's actually, it's in CGI too, even though 
you know, it's it's just this little miniature piece, and people throw it yeah. in CGI just because it's so famous. Um, hmm, but that's how they that's how they built all of, like the ships, the Millennium Falcon, the Death Star, some of the miniature sets and stuff in the original Star Wars because they had no money. Yeah, ILM were very good at that. Um, and in fact, for the Phantom Menace, all of the all the model guys they built the exact same stuff to to mock up you know the visual like previs stuff for George Lucas, and he looked at all of the stuff and he said. We only did that because we have no money. Throw this, throw all this stuff out. Oh, explains so much. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, this is this is an insider story from Adam Savage, actually." If anybody's seen MythBusters, basically half of that crew were originally at ILM, and they worked on the prequels. Actually, it was Adam Savage, Grant Imahara, and Toy Bellucci. I think his name was. They all worked. At the Phantom Men is they built like the miniatures, like all this, all the little miniature sets and stuff. So yeah, a little bit of trivia for you there. Mm, uh, okay. But the stories usually go that George Lucas is just like, we have money now, we can do whatever we want. Especially like Jar Jar, there's this guy Jar Jar, Jar Jar. Yes, best character. So Jar Jar was one of the very first fully digital fully cgi um live action basically characters that we'd ever seen but this was 1999 you know it's not like yeah avatar where we can we have so much money <laughs> and so the technology has progressed so much in the last 20 years right now some guy with the right plugins and the right tools can make a better looking cgi character than right here right now you know they had no yeah, they had no onset like HDR. Their lightning simul their lighting simulation was not very good. They had no like subsurface scattering, no like pore effects, nothing, nothing to like improve like that realistic feel of a character. So Jar Jar just looks like garbage. <laughs> He's garbage. I mean, especially just I'm just like, talking about visual. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially like hair stuff is incredibly difficult, right? Like, isn't um, hair something that didn't really? Become... Oh, hair's. Hair's easy now. It was really hard yeah, for a really long time. Yeah, it used time. to be really hard, but it was like Disney in maybe Tangled? They did some like groundbreaking work there. Uh, yeah. I think Monsters, Inc. was the first to really oh, have yeah. a lot hair of... simulation. Yeah. Um, and it was, if you look, watch that movie again, you'll notice that it's still pretty rough as far as the number of hairs uh, that are mm-hmm. sticking out of people. Yeah. But it's, it was one of the earliest. Technology has come a very long way in the last 20 years. I... It's crazy, honestly, yeah. George Lucas really wanted to push technology. If people aren't aware, he had kind of this rivalry going around with uh, James Cameron. I think a little bit before this, was it, was it the same year? Was it the year before Titanic came out? And he was kind of competing with him. You know, he was like, I want to beat Titanic. I think Titanic just came out before that. Because I want to say that was 97, 98, maybe. But... But they had, like, this rivalry going, and Cameron's a guy that always pushes the limits of filmmaking as far as, like, you know, he had, uh, 3D was his big thing, and Avatar, Titanic was, like, one of the most expensive films ever filmed before that with, like, all these massive sets and stuff. And Lucas is like, you know what, I'm gonna push CGI, and I'm going to push digital filmmaking. This was one of the very first all-digital, um, shoots, as in the, the cameras themselves were digital. These days we have amazing cameras like the Arri Alexa and the Red that can have that can capture like a, a fantastic amount of the color spectrum and a lot of 
very fine detail. They're incredible mm-hmm. cameras. They cost like like a full build out is probably like a hundred thousand dollars or something for each of these cameras. But we didn't have those in nineteen ninety nine. We had fairly limited cameras. They're not. They weren't very good. They were probably like a good thirty years behind, you know, analog cameras at the time as far as what they could do, um, as far as what they could capture. So as a result, the film basically looks like garbage. <laughs> it does. It just looks really bad. Like the color. God, everything just looks so bad. Can I can I just throw out a random side comment? So sure. Titanic came out December nineteenth, nineteen ninety seven, right? Yeah. And apparently, there's a Titanic two that came out in twenty ten. What? <laughs> and it's a really low budget doomsday film. Five hundred thousand dollar budget. Let's watch it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm curious now. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> Is it made by the same guys that made like Sharknado or like those terrible films? David Michael. I love Lack? Sharknado. Uh, I feel like he's done literally nothing else. Mm, okay. Okay. Oh, actually, actually, okay. no. Oh, he did make Sharknado, The Da Vinci's oh, Treasure. Awesome. Heck yeah. Uh, all right, all right. We're watching it. <laughs> Megafault, H.G. Wells, War of the Worlds. Interesting. We're watching it. Okay, yeah. Sorry, random side note. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just talking about like the visual presentation of this film. Like, it's so limited because the cameras they were shooting on were not very good. Like green screen at the time, the technology was not a hundred percent there yet. You and I mean, it, pro- it proves screen. year after yeah. year. But like, man, some of those fully, gr- fully like digital shots are really bad. Like yeah. they're just really bad and you can tell that the actors have no like sightline references and they're trying their best what comes to mind is like when they're god when they're going through like the planet core um and the giant fish is chasing them and it's like oh my god we're in the planet core it's this like big scary moment and then it cuts to inside and the fish is like half eating them and they're just like huh where is (laughs) it Yeah. There's always a bigger fish, and then they move on. Like, oh, okay, okay, all right. I guess there's just gonna be no sense of suspense. Okay, I don't know. Do you guys have any other visual stuff to talk about besides? I mean, obviously everything just doesn't look very good. This age, this movie is not aged very well. Yeah, but honestly, I could forgive the visuals. I think I can get past that. It's just. Literally, the script. I think that's just what bothers me the most about this movie. Oh, one other thing is mm-hmm. a sign up for the visuals. I think I hate Lucas when he does this. He inserts like random little creatures or robots, like just busy things in almost every scene where there's nothing happening. It's like, look at this CG stuff. Isn't that cool? And like, it's very distracting. Oh, so it can become a toy. Yeah, I know, but it's, like it's for the toys. It's it's for the toys, but it's bad filmmaking. Cause first of all, there's no like everything on the screen has to have a purpose, right? Like, you gotta have like razor focus. But like when there's people walking or talking, and and it's like a zoomed out shot, it's like a wide shot, and there's just things moving around in the background, it distracts the eye from the characters. Like it actually pulls you away. It's like oh, there's some movement I'm detecting because you're moving a lot faster, and there's more of them than the characters on screen that are in the foreground and it's just like this is really bad filmmaking like 
Especially what, like what are you doing when you just added more and more cg characters yeah just like stop <laughs> just stop just like focus that i think this this is related to like all the core problems in this film is because they're they're not focusing on on the film at hand here they're just like let's throw this in let's throw that that in we don't have there's no there's no like there's no motive there's no goal for that scene or this movie it's just let's just throw stuff in here and make it work yeah Oh, you, you reminded me. Does everybody remember how much they love the pod race and the duel at the end? Because mm-hmm. I remember liking those very much, and now on rewatching them, yeah, they, they're 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 really they're really not that good, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and, and they're not even very visually interesting either. Yeah, like the pod race is like really I like great the pod race, <laughs> but like it's really great fun for about thirty seconds, and then you start suspecting that they're reusing shots. Because yeah, everything, every single, every shot pans left to right, or is or is a close up of a pilot's face. Yes, every <laughs> Very single close shot, up. every single shot panning left to right, left to right, left to right, left to right, top down, left to right, top down, left to right, top down, left to right, and you're like, are they, are they, are they losing shots? <laughs> it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Save money. Are they, are they like Save rendering money, yeah. the shot once and they're just cutting out a pod for like a different lap? <laughs> right? Cause, cause that could not, be the case. Yeah. I I don't know because I I watched Ford v Ford versus Ferrari a couple weeks ago and the visual storytelling for yeah like the races was astonishingly good. Mm. And then I came back to and I'm coming back to watch this. <laughs> okay. I'm like God. That's not what you want to compare it to. Oh, it's just also, not fair. I, I had a problem with the pod racers because they had, they had, the pod racers were like clearly veterans or experts because they have names and they have like lore behind them, and yeah. all of them die except for the bad guy. So yeah, I'm like, what died. the? Yeah, everyone just died except for Sebulba, and I'm just like, wait a minute, wait, where are you gonna get more pod racers from? They just grow out of the ground, you know? I think a couple of them don't. A couple, a couple of them, them die. All right. I mean, most of them die. All right. Most of them just get killed. <laughs> most of them die. And and like another problem I had was like straight after that, uh, yeah, Qui Gon. There you go. Uh, he he's like, oh, Anakin, I bite, I bite you. You're free now. You're not a slave anymore. And it's like, <laughs> there's no weight to it because most of the time was spent on the stupid pod race, and like no like development or like interaction or look into the life of Anakin and Shmi, which is like another stupid name <laughs> like, like there's no the focus on their relationship focusing on being a slave sucks it's just like little kids come and say hey annie haha you never won haha <laughs> it's like okay where's the part where you get to being like being a slave really sucks right he's just there and it's like nope you don't see any of that you don't see any of the interaction between anakin and his mother so like and then it's the pod race. And then it's like, oh, you're free now. And it's like, okay, I'm out C-3PO. And then he's like, oh, no, what? <laughs> bye, Mom. And he's just, bye, Mom. Yeah, it's like, oh, I can't do it, Mom. It's like, oh, you can do it. We'll meet again. Yeah, and when she's dead. <laughs> Spoilers. Oh, God. We'll, uh, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that for episode two. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. He has like 10 years where he doesn't even contact her. Yeah, I'm like, what are yeah. you doing? You're like, send a telegram or something. Space hologram message, you know, like, come on. You have like transgalactic like communication at least. You can just, I don't know, send a letter. It's like ten years. Oh God! By the way, this kid, this kid, his main movie before this 
was um Jingle All the Way with Schwarzenegger, I think. Oh, <laughs> okay. What? So that's uh-huh. You know, that's that's his background coming into this movie. Oh god, why was At what point did they decide it had to be a kid? Cuz that is just the worst. It it's is just the worst. the worst. There's no reason for it. There's absolutely no reason for it. Like this and... movie like talking about talking about like the core the core story and the structure, right? Mm-hmm. So this it's not really a three act structure. It's very very nearly a four act structure because they start in Naboo, Act One, then they go to Tatooine and they putz about there for Act Two, which is another thirty minutes, and then they go to Coruscant and sit and talk and sit and talk and shot reverse shot. For like another twenty <laughs> minutes, and they're like, "We're going back to Naboo now," and they're like, "Okay, all right." <laughs> and then there's the whole final battle sequence, which I guess is another act. So it's basically a four act structure, and you're not introduced to Anakin, who was the erstwhile main character of the prequel trilogy, until about forty minutes into the film. And up until then, you're with Qui Gon and Obi Wan. So you're like, okay, maybe maybe Obi-Wan is just the main character for this film. Except for the <laughs> second act, he's not in any of the second act. He's sitting on the ship. He's just gone. You're like, what? And then, and then, oh, oh, man. And then Darth Maul. Oh, God, Darth Maul, who everyone thinks is so cool. He's like introduced in act one. Along with Palpatine, who if if you don't know anything about Star Wars, this must be extremely confusing to you. There's <laughs> <laughs> no context. <laughs> yeah, there's no context. It's just like this is my apprentice, Darth Maul. Do it, do it. <laughs> and then Darth Maul just shows up on Tatooine for like three seconds, and then you forget about him for the entire second act. He shows up at literally his. He's the end card for the second act because he shows up at the beginning, yeah. and then he shows up literally for three seconds right at the end. He shows up and he swings his dumb red lightsaber, and they're like, "What the hell was that? I don't know. Must not be. Must not matter." <laughs> just yeah, this is probably not important. Oh, Ignore it. Just on Coruscant, and then he's just gone for the third act too. He's just not there. <laughs> like, what is happening? What is happening? Who are the villains? What is going on? And then the fourth act is suddenly the most important thing in the world. And then in the script it says they fight, and that's the fourth act. They're like, "What? What is this? How about this? How about this?" Yeah. You you eliminate the first act entirely. You start the movie on Tatooine, okay? Just start the movie on Tatooine. You can literally just cut the first act out. That would work, yeah. Just delete it and add in like a like like, like a couple expository monologue. Like, oh, we're, we're Jedi from mm-hmm. Coruscant. We're here to we were trying to you know negotiate trade stuff, dumb stuff, on Naboo, but we got sidetracked, and then they run into Anakin, and then. He becomes the main character, <laughs> but instead they have no main character. You just like, God. <laughs> uh, you have like, it prevents you from having perspective on the story, and like having, like removes the narrative focus, the narrative thrust, and uh, uh. these are things I did not notice when I was ten. But like looking back on it, when you ask yourself that, like, who's the protagonist? You know, who's the protagonist and who's the antagonist? And there's no answer. There's just no answer. It's not, it's not Anakin. 
It's Jar Jar. It's not Qui-Gon. Well, Jar Jar is introduced yeah. like a good 15 minutes into the film, I think. He, he's the protagonist. He, he is becomes the more powerful. Yeah. Yes. He is. He is the, the son of... He's the most proto of the Ghanis. Actually, yeah, he probably... Do you think... No, I don't think he gets the most screen time, but he's definitely up there. Uh, he, gets the, he gets the most character arc. <laughs> he's the worst character by far. Yeah. But he gets an arc. He's like, he's like the outcast misfit, and then he becomes a general. <laughs> yes, even though he, he, he was banished for being so stupid and clumsy that he probably destroyed of one of the cities. <laughs> and then they're like, let's put you in charge of our army. What could go wrong? And I'm like, you guys are idiots. Just completely incompetent. <laughs> he is completely. To all those people that say like the prequels have more value than the new movies, like come back to this film, watch this film. Yes. Like everybody that hated the humor in The Last Jedi, come back uh, to this. It's like take off the nostalgia goggles, come back. Yeah. Every single time there's like a serious moment, Jar Jar is just there fucking it up. Every single yeah. time. Jar Jar. <laughs> like, it's like watching a DC movie. Like in that final like climactic battle, and like people are like dying everywhere, and he's just like, just like putzing around and killing people. <laughs> like Jesus Christ, <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is so terrible. By the way, can we talk about how they had a child murder like a thousand people at the end of this film when he blows up oh, the ship? Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> like by accident too. I was like, well, I guess I'm out. <laughs> I just yeah, just having him like be the hero of that scene is like so laughable. But then, like, he straight up kills, like, hundreds, if not thousands of people on board that ship. <laughs> He's like, yippee! <laughs> yeah, like, oh yippee! I was just foreshadowing oh him killing the Tusken Raiders. The other pilots are just like, who's that? Who, who that? He's uh, one of us. <laughs> like, what? Also, why would they put the nuclear reactor in the hangar bay where anyone can just access it instead of, like, a central part of the ship that's shielded, you know, and, like, that's, that's ship design because you don't want that thing to go off, right? It's just hanging out there where it just shoots it. It's not even like the Death Star where you gotta like shoot a missile into a vent and then make it go into the core for some reason. There's a vent coming out. <laughs> and like that's a really hard shot to take. But this one's just literally, oh, I'm in the hangar. I'm just gonna shoot in random places and I just boot a whole thing up. It's great. Great ship like design. Like father, like son, you know? Exactly. <laughs> like father, like son, indeed. That, that's the way they should have really done it. Just drawn more, like, do more parallels between Anakin and Luke. Would have been very powerful storytelling. They, they tried. Like, if they had they opened, tried. just opened the film in Tatooine and just opened with that same shot, you know? You know the shot I'm talking about. Leia's, Leia's ship is running away from the Star Destroyer. And you're like, in that opening shot, you understand immediately the stakes of the film. You know, you understand immediately that the Empire is powerful, that the Rebellion is kind of like a small thing, that they're running away, that there's stakes. If you had started with that same shot with, like, I don't know, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan ship running away from the Star Destroyer or, like, whatever Federation ship, and then, like, started on Tatooine, immediately have, like, a narrative parallel between the two films. It'd be like, oh, man, that's good storytelling. Hell yeah. <laughs> Instead, you start on, like, Naboo, and they're just sitting in a conference room for the first, like, ten minutes of the film. <laughs> Let's talk politics. <laughs> this is how we're starting our new prequel. This is the opening. This is the opening. <laughs> so we're kicking it off. Like, God damn. Damn it, Lucas. At least the music was good. Okay. <laughs> At least the music was good. I, I credit 
The music is good. Like the designs themselves are very good. I love this. I love all the design work. It's just when they start moving around that it looks like garbage. Isaiah, your 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 thoughts. <laughs> your thoughts. My thoughts. Yeah. Honestly, like yeah, genuinely, I didn't think it was as bad as I originally did. Why? Because I remember the <laughs> you know, I remember the first time I watched the prequels. Yeah. I just absolutely hated it. Oh. And I was okay. a kid too. I was like. In middle school, maybe, and I was like, "This You're is reverse so, of me, then. so boring. Yeah. Like, this is such garbage." Now, like, like it's a masterpiece. <laughs> now I'm like, it's practically a masterpiece, dude. It's <laughs> okay. up there with the Godfather one, two, and three. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Especially the third one, you know. Yeah. Nah, I just think that it was bad, but not as bad as I remember it being. But it's still pretty bad. Especially two. Oh my god! Don't even, <laughs> don't even get me started. So bad. I think that it's not the fault of the actors for why this film falls flat. For sure. You know? No, for I sure. cannot I cannot blame yeah. any of the actors because <sighs> like in every other film that they're in, they're actually very good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even a fan of Natalie Portman. Yeah, Natalie Portman like, and Thor, classic. <laughs> but it's <laughs> no. like this is like uh... this is not the platform mm-hmm. <laughs> in which they've gotten to display their their, their skills. I need Qui Gon to threaten and kill more people. That's what I was missing yeah. from this film. Yeah. Liam Neeson a very specific set of tools without, without reading the script at all. Really? Liam Neeson actually, like, I really like Liam Neeson here in this movie. And child Anakin bothers me less than it did before. But adult Anakin, he, <laughs> he's somehow... I'm edgy. So much more annoying now. Angst. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not a good film. It's just not a good film. Uh, which I think is largely the fault of George Lucas, but you know, it's it's okay. Definitely not the worst Star Wars movie I've ever seen. <laughs> That's the next oh. one. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah I don't know. I mean, yeah. like at least I credit them. At least the the main plot points are mostly comprehensible. Um, the overall motivation of like the villains. Like, if you try to construct their plan in your head, you're going to come away with a migraine because none of it makes any sense. It makes sense to me. It's so convoluted. It's like anime levels of convoluted villainy. Treachery. Villainous treachery. Kung fu treachery, I would say. Kung fu treachery. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that it, Isaiah? That's all you wanted to say? No, there's not the hate flow through you. It'll no. make you stronger. <laughs> no, no, not not yet. Sam. No? Not yet. Okay, oh, okay, not yet. You're not saving yet. that for episode. That's for the next one. Okay, you know, I'll get into it. I think Barry nailed most of it, but here's my major problem with the film. There's no there's no like overall vision for the film. There's no mm-hmm. lead up, there's no payoff, there's no build up because nothing matters. So like like the pod racing scene, all right? Kaigan, Kaigan, whatever. I'm just gonna call him Mr. Neeson, he's, he's like, Anakin, don't think. <laughs> use your instincts. Don't think. Don't yeah. use your brain. <laughs> no 9,000 IQ plays here. And then there's like, so you're like, okay, he gives him that advice. There must be a situation where little Annie's like, oh, I can't, I can't think about this. I think he's getting flustered, right? I'm just going to go with the force. And then he solves that problem and wins the race. No, it doesn't happen. He's just like, He's just like doing things, just pulling levers and whatnot. And it's like he uses his brain to fix the problem and he wins the race because of that. So like that conversation didn't need to happen. There was no reason for it to happen. 
and like this Jedi Lord are trying to build doesn't work. Whereas if you compare it to episode four, where Luke has to use a targeting computer to shoot the Death Star with the missiles, right? And he remembers what Obi-Wan told him, mm-hmm. and he just turns it off. And everyone's like, what are you doing, Luke? You're crazy. And it's like, oh, just trust me on this. And then he's just like closing his eyes and using the force to shoot the missiles. And like, and then it works, right? And it, so like he listened and it worked. There was a reason for that to happen. It also like shows character growth where he's like learning to trust himself more. It's growing more confident and all of this stuff. Whereas this movie, if you just dissect that scene, there's no reason other than it to be visually kind of interesting. That's the main purpose. Everything else around it doesn't matter. Like there's no rhyme or reason for anything Neeson said before. There's no usage of the force for Annie. There's there's nothing. And like this is repeated throughout the entire film. Like for example, when at the very beginning he's like, Hey, let's split up <laughs> let's split up and go to Nobu on the transport ships and I was like, Why? <laughs> Why? Like if you were to do that, like for movie logic, I can understand. Like I can excuse it if Kaigan or Obi Wan had to do something, like run into a character, start their own story arc, show some growth or conflict or whatnot by themselves, and then meet up later. No, they just literally meet up like a minute afterwards. Like Kaigan runs into Jar Jar, and then he's some for some reason running straight ahead of a transport carrier instead of ninety degrees. And then he's like, get out of the way, Jar Jar. You almost got us killed. And I was like, no, he didn't. He was just standing there. <laughs> you were being overrun by yourself. You, like, you, you, you had it covered, right? It's like, you had it covered. Mm-hmm. And it's like, none of the dialogue makes sense, first of all. It doesn't, like what he said, like, Jar Jar didn't almost get him get killed, like, at all. He was just standing there. He would have gotten killed, sure. Uh, but he wouldn't have gotten Qui-Gon killed at all. Qui-Gon, I can't. I don't care. I don't care about his name. It's all stupid. And then they meet up with Obi-Wan later. He's just running from like two droids on his speeder bikes. And for some reason, he's running for his life. You know, Neeson just takes out his lightsaber and kills him right away. I'm like, you could have done that yourself. Like, there's no, there's no like threat. There's no imminent threat to, there's no weight to any of these scenes. And like, especially explosions and all of that because it's CG. So the actors don't know where it's coming from, what's happening. And they're just like kind of, Kind of just like there, and like the sound effects too. Like, didn't it lacked punch? Like it was accurate for sure, but like it lacked. If it didn't feel like there was three dimensions to the sound, it felt very flat, almost two dimensional. Um, like it was missing a dimension and some volume. Like, like it, it wasn't in a room. It was just on the screen. Like that's what it looked like, like a YouTube effect. You know, that's I I do it for myself. I just take a green screen explosion, plop it onto a scene, just put the explosion sound effect in, bam. That's that's episode one. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's my main problem is like these scenes, like sure, there is a main story that you can follow uh, from start to finish, but there's no reason for it. There's no, it's not really interconnected. It's just very disjointed. Um, There's no, there's no weight to anything. There's no reason. Anything they say uh, is just used for that scene alone and then thrown away afterwards. Like a lot of these, a lot of things actually are are used and just thrown away. So they're never linked together. They're never there's no weight, there's no punchiness, there's no character development. There's it's just so so bland. There's no flavor to this film. So I think it's bad filmmaking. Like I don't hate it. 
And like Barry said, I think you agree too. Like if it's a kid watching or like you have no expectations or like yeah. you like really like Star Wars, then yeah, sure, it's it's an okay movie. But just in terms of me trying to get anything out of this film, I, I got absolutely nothing. It was a worthless film. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of setup where it's just like, oh, here, we're going to have this moment or this conversation and there's no payoff. Like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're, you're setting up this character growth for growth that doesn't happen or it doesn't matter. <laughs> like nothing and, in this film matters, which is why nothing it, in the film matters. Nothing hits and hard. I think, and he gets exactly. taken away from his mom and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I, I like, identified why. It's like, oh, okay. I'm orphan. <laughs> yeah. Good to I know. I all the orphans in the world. <laughs> all of <laughs> Come again? Come again. But uh, yeah. the problem was, the problem is when they're making these, these, these shots, these scenes where it's like, oh, Anakin, Anakin saying goodbye to his mother. It should be, you should be crying. The reason why you don't feel anything is they're using that moment itself as the emotional crux or like the driving point for your emotions. That just that scene. They're like, it's a sad scene. Let's put it in there. People will be crying. But that, it doesn't work that way. You need a lot of build up to that scene for that scene to pay off. Like we need to be attached to Anakin and we need to, realize that his relationship with his mom is kind of like our relationship with our moms and that's why when he has to say goodbye it should be heart-wrenching to us because we're we can relate to it as as human beings but it's not there they don't in fact they don't show that relationship at all it's just the pod race scene that takes up most of the time and most of the development and uh that's why i kind of it's like just just it's just bad they're it's just scenes thrown together in like a <sighs> one after the other. And there's so much time of just oh, googly eyes at this underage child. <laughs> oh my god. I wanted to call Chris Hansen because I was like, Tammy, get you, you you sick person. <laughs> the thing is Get your hands out of the baby's crib. Yeah. <laughs> Calm yourself. Calm yourself. I know I she's know. supposed to be fourteen. I know she's can't canonically speaking. It's, it's that doesn't make it better. Off. It doesn't start. It doesn't get really weird until like I don't know uh, the second film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. It's it's a whole thing. I don't know if George Lucas understands what romantic feelings are. Mm. But yeah, he does. To be wait, you guys haven't seen Leon. Never mind. Dang. Oh, we need to watch that too. Yeah. Uh, so oh, I was like on the profession. Yeah. I take it back. I've seen I've seen little bits of it. Why is it re- related to this? Don't worry oh, about it. Natalie Sam, Portman. Don't worry about it. Okay, gotcha. I don't worry about it. Well, because Natalie Portman was in that. Yeah, as like a 12, 12? Yeah, was she was a child movie? actress in that. Yeah, she was very young. And that that, mm. that movie is very infamously creepy. Man, I don't know. There's not much. Uh, is there is there is there any more to say? No, like can, absolutely not. There's nothing else to say about this film. We are done. <laughs> End <laughs> the podcast. Thank you very much. We need, we need to go to episode two. Uh, the hate is flowing strong through Isaiah right now. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just holding back because I'm waiting to talk about okay, episode okay. two. Okay, you know what? All right, yeah. all right. Let's, let's just end it here then. I'll just do everything in post. <laughs> okay. That one's be really produced. Oh, just ADR. Well, it's ADR, ADR at the end. end. Okay. All right, so uh, let's move on to ratings. What would you give it, Barry? Yeah, I really don't know. Um, I'm 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 hovering between two and three Suicide Squad. <laughs> oh wow, okay. Because it's not definitely not one Suicide Squad. Because that's that's 
scraping the bottom of the barrel. There's some good stuff going on here, but it's just buried underneath a mountain of garbage. Um, gosh. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go with three Suicide Squads. All right, all right. Three wow. Suicide Squads. Strong they, showing. <laughs> they, they tried their best. Some gold star. Oh, it's like a fifth idea. of a gold star. And just like, tear off like, one of the arms and just like just keep a corner of a gold star. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My corner of a gold star rating is two point five. Whoa! Wow. Suicide okay. squads. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. I'm what I'm you... giving this a zero point nine. <laughs> I'm saying it's oh, worse than suicide okay. squad. <laughs> it's worse than suicide. I'm I'm wrong probably because I I haven't re- seen Suicide Squad recently, so I'm gonna have to rewatch it just to compare it to episode one. Yeah, I don't. But I they, don't think yeah. so. Same. I don't the think so. Inclusion of the child actor really, I didn't like him. Get it, get him out of my movies. <laughs> okay. All right. I guess that's it. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh. Call it out, Barry. God. Thanks for dropping by, guys. Stay pointy. <laughs> Stay, Stay pointy. <laughs> I want it to be catchy right away from, like, second one. Be like, bam! Some music, Barry singing. It's going to be beautiful. Santa Claus in the background. Ho, 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 uh, we're we're going to ADR this, my, my singing. Yes, yes. Oh, we're gonna put God. everything into post. We're gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm gonna take the boring intro out. Just gonna grab people by the balls right away and just don't let them go. <laughs> <laughs>